welcome back to another episode of Leading Your Church. I hope you're having a good uh, Christmas season as we prepare for a brand new year. I know in our church, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things to attend, a lot of small group parties, a lot of activities, different things going on at church. So sometimes it's hard to feel like we can catch our breath. But today I want to talk a little bit about something that helps us prepare for the new year. And today we're going to talk about defining reality. How do we define reality in our church? How how do we help our staff understand where we're at? How do we help our lay leaders, our deacons, elders, our uh, small group leaders, those people who are invested in leadership and helping us uh, move the ball forward in the church? How do we define reality? And then how do we even define reality for the congregation to help us understand where we're at? You see, before we can determine where we're going to go into the future, we have to have a great understanding of where we are at right at this Minute. Max Dupree says the great leader's greatest responsibility is to define reality. You see, there's some dangers if we don't define reality. Uh, the biggest one that exists is that if we don't define reality, then we may start turning the dials. We may start tweaking things and ch- changing things that won't lead us to where uh, we want to go as we're leading change. If we don't understand where we're at, how can we move to a desired future? You see, not just any future. When we're leading change, we want to lead to a desired, a directed, a specific destination. And so defining reality helps us understand who we are before we ever start moving to where we want to go. And so when we think about defining reality, there are some um, key things that we need to recognize and to understand. And um, in order to define reality, we've got to really get our hands around some important things uh, in order to get clarity. The first I want to talk about is historical uh, data sets. Uh, We need to get a a grip and an understanding on the historical um, statistics, the data of our church. Now, churches all take data in different ways. We take our um, reflection of what's happened in different ways. For for so many years, there's been an emphasis, um, some might argue an overemphasis, on worship attendance, on group attendance, on first-time guests, on offering. We may, uh, some would say we've taken an over-emphasis um, on those things. And, and let me be real clear. Um, yes, you can get those misaligned in your heart. Uh, you can get those in, in a wrong place in your heart. Um, but let's be real clear. God doesn't love you more when the statistics go up, and he doesn't love you less when the statistics go down. Demographic statistics, the the historical data of our church only helps us know where we're at and helps us think about and help us move in a direction into the future. And so first we need to recognize what is the last five to 10 years of our historical data as a church tell us. 
We need to go through month by month for worship attendance, month by month for the last five to 10 years for um, our small group attendance, Sunday school, connect groups, uh, life groups, whatever you call them, um, and, and, and understand those things. We need to look at the offering over all of those years, uh, month to month to month, over five to 10 years. I prefer more data. When I'm looking and trying to assess where we're at, I want to recognize more data. Now, 10 years is a long time, and you're going to see some shifts. And what happens is you can go back and, and trace the story of what happened. And so when I did that for our church, when I came um, several years ago, I went back and I could track and I, and I circled numbers. I said, I recognize something happened here. And I would circle it and I would sit down with different people and they would think about it and they go, mm, well, that's probably when, and they would fill in the blank. That's probably when. And so it helped me understand some of the things that had been shifted in the past. Did it have a positive or negative effect on the congregation? Does that mean we're going to try those things? Probably not. But it helps us understand how the congregation deals with and responds to change, whether positive or negative. So we have to get a good, clear understanding of our historical data in order to define reality for where we're at. We're looking for trends. Um, over months, is there a trend of growth? Is there a trend of plateau? Is there a trend of decline? How long have those trends been going on? Can we go back and identify something that may have triggered it to be a growth trigger or a decline trigger? We just want to understand this, not because our identity is wrapped in it. Please be, please hear me there. Our identity is not wrapped up in what we find, but it helps us know what to do. It helps us to define reality. We need to look at the demographics of our community. That's the second thing we need to understand. If, uh, if we're going to gain a clear definition of reality for us as a church and as a community, we need to look at the demographics of our community. As I've done that in the last uh, few months, preparing to launch a new strategic plan, um, preparing for a capital campaign here uh, in January and February. Uh, I've, I've learned in five miles of our church, we have 12,406 people that live um, within five miles of our church. That helps me know um, who we are. It helps me know how many of us there are. When I then go in and look at the different age groups, it helps me understand what do we need to be thinking about for student ministry? What do we need to be thinking about for children's ministry, for preschool ministry, for senior adult ministry? It helps us gain an understanding of our community. So we need to look at our demographics. The third thing we need to do, and I just suggest this, we need to get some of our leaders. And I would suggest doing it in a couple of different groups. One, if you have um, a ministry staff team, of three or four or five or more, I would get a, that group together and then I would gather some of your key lay leaders. Who are who are your influencers? They may be your deacons. They may be, may be your elders. Um, anywhere from seven to 15 to 18 people. So you can do that with two different groups if you'd like. But to do a SWOT analysis, we've written about this uh, on the blog but the importance of a SWOT analysis, that it forces us to think about our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and our threats. 
when we go through and we brainstorm and we're able to have the conversation back and forth with other people, uh, we're able to learn more about who we are. And that helps tell the story of our current reality. And then the last thing I would say here about defining reality, how do we do it? Um, we've got to ask good questions. Pastor, I would encourage you, don't be satisfied with a casual understanding of your church. You need to find people you can sit down around a meal table and ask good questions. You may not get to eat much because you may be jotting down a bunch of notes, but you need to ask good questions. Um, when you sit down with people and you begin to think through, um, what, do you, what do you see for our future? What do you think has been a hindrance for us? What What is a, a place that we could take new ground? Is there anything in our community that uh, they need that we could help uh, touch and be a part of? And ask other people to see what they see. see. You see, you see leaders see more than other people, and they leaders see things before other people. But how do we do that? By asking good questions um, and listening to what other people have to say. And then we can take that and put that tapestry and put it all together. What are some challenges to defining reality? Well, the first, the most obvious one, when you're looking at leading change, especially if you're in a plateau or a decline, not everyone wants to define reality. Not everyone wants to see a clear picture of who you are today. You see, a lot of people in your church may have a picture that's been etched in their mind for the last 20 years of who you are as a congregation. And if you were to ask them, say, who are we? They would say, well, this is who we are. And they begin to describe this picture from the 1990s. It's kind of hard to believe that that's over 20 years ago. But that's the picture that's etched in some of their minds. And they just simply don't want to see uh, the current reality. You see, part of that is because maybe they're part of the, the holdup. Maybe they're part of the blockade that's keeping the congregation from moving forward. And, and they're just not comfortable moving into the unknown. They're not comfortable moving away from that. They're not, they're not willing to, to give up the things that it would cost to be able to move forward. And so some people just aren't ready um, to move forward and to define current reality. But I just want you to know, Pastor, ignoring reality is not an option. If you ignore reality, the problems will only get worse. If you can't clearly define and, and create a picture and a story of where your church is, if you ignore that, then that rut's only going to dig deeper. And it's only going to be, the congregation's only going to become um, more sedentary where you are moving forward will become more and more challenging. The last thing I want to say about defining reality today is that oftentimes, and we have to be careful of this as leaders, oftentimes we have assumptions that are in our mind. We have assumptions about the people of our church. We have assumptions about the past of our church. We have assumptions about our community, assumptions about our community leaders. We have assumptions about the people that live 
right around our church. We have all of these assumptions. And the reality is most of them are only partially true. And so if you're going to define reality, you need to make a list of the assumptions you're making about your congregation. Our people are good at this. Our people won't do that. Our people are this. Our community doesn't like this. And make a list of these assumptions that you've made about your church and about your community and about your volunteer leadership base. Write these down, good or bad, but these assumptions will create a gridlock in you being able to lead forward. Because the truth is, even your best assumptions about the people in your congregation, about your community, about the leaders in your church, is probably only partially correct. You see, it's probably not until you see it in black and white, until you see it in writing, that you begin to recognize that, oh, hold on. Um, that may not be true. And when you go through the list, you can ask, you can look at it. Is this true about us as a church? Is this true? And then start asking other people. Go ask your spouse. Do you think this is true about our church? Do you think these are true about our community? Then widen the circle. If you widen the circle and you'll ask people that will be honest with you, be willing to accept the fact that they may not agree with your assumptions even if you're right, they just may not agree with you. And that's OK, because what you're doing, if you if you if you encourage people to think about these assumptions, you're encouraging them to think about what's true and what's not true about your congregation. And reality is you can't go anywhere until you start thinking about what's true about where you are right now. That's what defining reality is all about. The great leader, Jack Welch. He said, the ability to see the world as it really is and not as you wish it were. Face reality and then make the right decisions based on that reality. The truth is, many of us as pastors, unfortunately, we are seeing the world as we wish it were. And you can't lead change until you define reality. And once you're able to define reality and once you're able to include other people in, into recognizing that picture of, of what reality is and people go, yeah, I, I see that. That seems to be true about us. Once you define reality, then you begin to position yourself to lead change for the future. If you don't ever define reality, you're going to struggle moving forward, leading change and thriving and finding that abundance of what God is calling you to do in that ministry. And so I want to encourage you, as you think about 2024, as you're just a couple of weeks away, I want you to really begin thinking about how can you, in the month of January, lead your team to define reality for your congregation, for your ministry staff, for your lay leaders, and for your community. When you do that, put those story pieces together, and then you'll be ready for a 2024 that is beginning to be primed for your congregation to see change. You don't go through the hard work, and you're probably going to leave yourself stuck in a deeper rut, and you're not going to be able to move forward. I'll see you next time on Leading Your Church. Mm -hmm.